1: welcome back to the selling from the heart podcast your co-host daryl amy here today with larry levine on the first podcast of 2019 what's going on larry in 2019 here we are it's like you know it's like 2018
0: so much stuff happened daryl in 2018 i go a couple of blinks of the eye and it's we're gonna it's gonna be the last podcast of 2019
1: <laughs> well kid. hey why, why, i'm telling you Welcome to the new year and welcome to the Selling from the Heart podcast. I know uh, based on the the chatter on LinkedIn, some of you, this may be your first episode of the Selling from the Heart podcast. We're glad you're here. You've joined a growing community of sales reps that are dedicated to being genuine, authentic, doing the hard work. We call it Selling from the Heart. And uh, if you were around with us last week, and if you missed last week, go back and listen. Uh, We talked about what we learned in 2018, and Larry, that was a fantastic conversation. And I got to say, I left kind of fired up uh, in terms of the habits I want to implement in 2019 myself.
0: Well, I got so fired up after that. I wrote a blog post about getting back to the basics because, you know, we talked about reading. We talked about writing. Right. And then I threw one in there just as the third basic, especially and we're going to expand on it in the podcast today is the law of attraction. yes yeah. I, I really believe, Daryl, that for salespeople out there to become successful, even more successful in 2019, they got to get back to reading. They got to get back to writing in all formats. And they have to start leveraging the power of what social allows them to do to
1: attract people into having conversations with them. Well, and that's exactly what we want to talk about today is the law of attraction. What a what a powerful topic as we begin the new year. And, and, and that is how do you attract the type of people that you really truly want to work with? And, you know, Larry, when you think about uh, prospects and, and you think about the whole landscape, I was just analyzing a market for one of our clients and, and, uh, you know, in their horizon, I think there were 56,000 uh, accounts businesses in this this Midwest market, but there were about fifteen hundred that they really wanted to do business with. And I think if you think about about you know your territory, or if you lead a sales team, your your team, um, there's a large group of prospects, but there's some prospects that are really kind of the the sweet spot, right? Uh, the Glenn Gary leads, not to throw the worst sales movie of all time into the <laughs> conversation. But. Is that how is, dude, is that how we're starting <laughs> 2019? We start reciting <laughs> Glenn <laughs> Gary quotes? Come on, First dude. First place. Then, uh, here we go. Um, seriously, though, there's, there is, there um, is in, in the marketing world, we talk about the ideal customer. And in the sales world, we also think about that ideal client. Look, you know, there's there may be a lot of different businesses that are are in your prospect list, but the reality is there's certain ones that are that really fit um, the ideal client that you want to work with. In fact, um, one of the best things you can do, and we want to talk today about how to attract ideal clients, um, but one of the first steps in attracting ideal clients is really truly knowing what does an ideal client look like? Like, what is your favorite client look like? And, and Larry, I think a great place to start is just reflecting and writing down the names of maybe your top five um, favorite clients. Well, I, I agree. And I think we, you and I have discussed this and I, and I, and I'm
0: almost positive. I may mention to it on a previous podcast is I spent some time and I actually went through, you know, whether that's your top 20 or your top 25 or your top 30, whatever your good a list accounts are. Yeah. Start breaking those down into verticals, right? Yep. So I, what, what was good for me? And and this just ties into the law of attraction is I knew I did really well in the not-for-profit sector. I did really well in the religious sector. I did really well in the corporate sector. Mm Mm-hmm. And I did really well in the private school sector because I knew, you know, I, I knew I, I knew the talk tracks. I knew the lingo. Mm-hmm. I, I, I hung around with those type of people. So, you know, if we, if we flip this around is. I encourage sales reps and the listeners out there, start looking inside your account base and start just putting those into little buckets. Yeah, because when you're looking for the ideal clients to go prospect to
1: you're already doing business with them. Yeah. So who are the, who are the ones you're doing business with now that you'd love to have a dozen more, like, like the clients that you say, wow, if every one of my clients were like this client, uh, my life would be wonderful. That's where we want to begin. And and when we look at that, that short list of your favorite clients, the next thing to do, we want to go is what do what do these people have in common? I mean, what, what stands out about them? And, you know, it may be something, uh, maybe may things as simple as um, things like, hey, they're open-minded. They, they're willing to try new things. They're, you know, they don't just view my relationship with them as a vendor relationship, but it feels like I'm more of a partner to them. Um, what are some other things you can think of, Larry, that would be attributes of an ideal client? I mean, it, <sighs> I mean, it it could be, well, we've taught I think you just mentioned it could
0: be like-minded, but it could be, you know, what are their personal values? What are their Mm -hmm. business values? Um, Who else? I'm just thinking, you know, who
1: else do they hang out with? Mm -hmm. Uh, Yeah, uh, that, this is a great, um, great thing is, is where is the, you know, where is the value alignment? It's interesting that uh, that you you spent we're going to spend a lot of time this year talking about value alignment. But you were you were saying that some of your ideal clients when you had a territory were nonprofits. Well, guess what? <laughs> Duh, there's value alignment there. You're passionate about nonprofits. Um, you enjoyed working and serving uh, different nonprofits as clients. Um, so so there's value alignment there between you and your ideal client. Um, think about those ideal clients that, that you work with and what is it about them that you really like? Uh, now, the next thing we want to think about is, is um, Larry, is, is who do these people hang out with? Because that's where you want to begin to find your prospects, right? The people that are, are, are friends of, that are business associates, colleagues, fellow nonprofit board members of your ideal clients, Right. Well, exactly. And, and it goes back to that old saying that I always
0: share, you know, with people is your one degree of separation from your best sales opportunity. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't know it because they're not connecting the dots inside their client base. So what's that mean? Exactly what we're talking about is, for, and we'll use the not-for-profit example since you just brought it up. If I'm a sales rep and I understand who are the key individuals, influencers, decision makers, and all that? Am I not for profit organizations that I work with? Then I've got to start becoming influencers inside their networks, which means I have to start connecting to these people both face to face. And I have to start connecting their social networks together because that's the world we live in today. Yeah. Know. How are you becoming influencers in somebody's network? Because they all run around with the same people. I can guarantee it that the, that the CEO, the high-level executive in one not-for-profit organization in anyone's marketplace probably knows six to a dozen other
1: high-level decision makers in other not-for-profit organizations. Easy, easily. And, and so this is you know, the, the old saying, birds of a feather flock together, right? This is true for your ideal clients. And the social networks of your ideal clients are the places you want to go to prospect. Let me tell you the opposite. You know, for every ideal client, there's a nightmare client, right? The ones that just, you know, grind you for price, that are miserable, that are always complaining about everything. Uh, You don't want to meet their friends. (laughs) You really don't. You're just going to get more nightmares. But... If you can think of your ideal clients and, you know, this is where you start to, to take a look at their social networks, get on LinkedIn, start drilling down into their top level connections and see, um, you know, where the opportunities are to reach out and, and build a bridge. Um, if you've been if you've developed a good relationship and a, a personal working relationship with that ideal client, um, there's a really good chance that that they would be willing to introduce you to their friends. I mean, why wouldn't they, right?
0: Yeah. Which, which, which even goes back to, am I even referable? And I'm, I'm really, you know, I'm going to get heavy on this one is am I even referable inside my client's networks? Absolutely. Now, now Now think about that one for a second is in order for someone to become referable, They have to position themselves with credibility. They have to be building strong relationships. They have to be an influencer. They have to look good both face-to-face and they have to look good online because nothing worse than a sales rep leveraging, I don't care whatever social platform it is, leveraging somebody's network and they don't look good. Right. They're not positioned correctly, but they're leveraging someone's network and they're asking for help is you have to become referable. You have to look referable as well. Mm -hmm. And if you don't, then what? Yeah. And that's that's a that's a really bad position to be in, especially in 2019, when we know that we're digitally driven. Right. We're highly Mm -hmm. connected. We live in a socially engaged society where everyone's poking holes at you, whether that be face to face or
1: online. Boy, that's that's so powerful. And and to kind of take that a step further, you go, well, how do you become digitally referable? Obviously, if this is your best client, hopefully you're taking great care of them. Um, but we want to go down to the level, not I want to go beyond or in a different direction than just taking care of your clients. And um, you know, I I trust that anyone listening to this Song from the Hard Podcast is taking care of their clients, especially uh their ideal clients. But I want to think about the concept of being referable in terms of are you somebody that can add value and add insight um, to to that person's world? So to go back uh, to, to the illustration we're kind of using here today, if you serve the nonprofit marketplace and your ideal client are forward thinking nonprofits, then the best thing you could do is begin to add value by sharing ideas that help those nonprofits achieve their mission. Um, so it, you know, you could be selling anything. You could be selling technology. You could be selling, um, healthcare services. You could be selling, uh, fundraising software. You could be selling all kinds of things. The question you have to ask yourself though, is how can I bring insights to the table that can add value to these ideal clients? Um, and so that's where, uh, we get back to the, the fundamental blocking and tackling that we talked about last week, which is reading and writing, right. Reading things that are going to be valuable to that nonprofit and then sharing those ideas, um, with, with the, the marketplace, you know, it starts with sharing those ideas on social. Um, but you know, those ideas then can, can be, um, Used across email, that can be shared in conversation. Um, what insights and ideas can you bring to the table that your ideal client would really value? And this is what begins to really set you apart. Yeah, and and, and it goes. <clears throat>
0: excuse me. It goes back to just a call that I was just on a call ride right before we started this podcast, and it was this. It was the exact same thing as I go back to my writing and I go back to the things that I've read. Mm-hmm. And how I ended the conversation, I said, you know, because I'm going to get an introduction and be, you know, someone's going to bridge an introduction into somebody else. And and it's all based on my last blog post I just wrote this past weekend. And it's based on an article I just read on the Internet just to exactly. validate everything. So I go, can you imagine that how sales reps today can leverage Content can leverage leading with insights based on some of the stuff they've just read to go, you know what, this validates why you and I should speak or this validates why Daryl should introduce me into the people that he knows, because he knows that Larry is going to be driving some education. He's reading the things that he that my friends are reading. He's talking about the things
1: that they would be of interest to him. I'm going with this. Oh, bingo! Yeah, big time, and and uh, you know, and and this goes beyond what you're reading. It's just what you're learning in the marketplace. And if you think about it, um, the company that that you work for, the products that you represent, they add a certain amount of value. I mean, that your company wouldn't be in business and product wouldn't be successful if it didn't add value. The other factor in the equation that I think we all have to realize is if we truly want to be differentiated in the marketplace and make a lot of money uh, and, and, and win, is that we as sales professionals bring value ourselves. So yes, your company brings value. Yes, the products you represent bring value. But what value do you bring personally to the table? And so to go back to our illustration here, if your ideal client is a forward-thinking nonprofit, you work with that ideal client and hopefully many other nonprofits. What can you do from your experience, bring to the table that can help other nonprofits succeed? So if I can aggregate, if I can gather together my experience, my conversations, my knowledge from the field, and then bring that to the table. And when I say, bring that to the table, share some of that knowledge, maybe, Write a blog article and put it on LinkedIn. Maybe share share. Uh, maybe create a book, an ebook, um, even on five strategies nonprofits can um, use to uh, drive fundraising. I don't know what you sell; doesn't matter. But think about what you could prepare, what you could put together based on your experience, your unique value that would be attractive, uh, that would be useful to the target market that you want to attract. This is that, boy, this is the X factor. This is the extra work that totally puts you uh, can put you in the 1% in 2019. And, and put you in the 1% real fast. You know, I always go back to
0: inside the, you know, inside of selling from the heart. I, I spoke a lot about the difference between sales reps yes. and sales professionals. So this is, I just started thinking about this only because it was the one liner in my blog post from last week. I said this, and I think it was, this will resonate as sales reps, sell products, mm-hmm. sales professionals, sell ideas. Bingo. Now think about that one. Yeah, sure. We all sell products. We all sell solutions. We all sell whatever your company's selling. That's a given, but if you want to raise the game, In 2019, start selling ideas, and those ideas are going to help these people do better business.
1: Mm, That's so strong. Yeah, it reminds me of, of, uh, well, so many different things, but one of the books that's top of mind right now for me is Insight Selling, and they surveyed buyers, and buyers, like hands down, virtually every single one of them said, I want my sales rep to bring me insights. Please bring me some ideas. And guess what? Very few people do that. Most sales reps bring price quotes and product brochures and stuff that, quite frankly, um, anyone can find online. And, and, you know, if they need a price quote, they can get a price quote anywhere. What people really want is they want insights and ideas. And the way to start doing that, the way to attract um, ideal clients is to begin sharing those insights and ideas long before you get face-to-face or on the phone with them. And uh, Larry, I love, I mean, I love, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a huge believer in prospecting. I don't think anyone uh, that is worth their salt in sales would say you don't have to prospect. But one of the most f- forward-thinking ways to prospect is by sharing insights and, and sharing ideal, ideas on social. Because what begins to happen is, is what we're talking about today is you actually begin attracting the types of people that you want to work with. There's nothing wrong with making a cold call and getting an appointment, but I'll tell you what the best appointments I like are the ones when someone else asks me for an appointment. And can that happen? Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And it's, and it's about being
0: proactive and I'll just throw in there this, you know, in 2019, that's challenged our listeners to become proactive prospectors, which means that you have to set aside the time every single day and be non-negotiable. That that you have to smash all forms of prospecting together, mm-hmm. in order to effectively do your job. Because if you're using if you're using, say, two to three methods at best, mm-hmm. and you have diminishing results on your effort that you've exuded to do this, yes, then the question becomes. It's not do more of it in hopes that I find a needle in a haystack. It's how can I leverage what we're talking about on this podcast and combine it with what I'm currently doing to help me do my job better. And that's just the, that's, that's the power of social. That's the power of leading with insights. That's the power of leveraging your networks. That's the power of positioning yourself correctly as a sales professional in 2019 is what are y'all doing to attract people into a conversation and combine Mm -hmm. that with the things that have already gotten you to where you're at.
1: Wow. What a great conversation. Lots of, lots of practical things to ponder and put into action here. Um, So let me summarize and uh, then we'll kind of go forth and prosper. So uh, the first thing uh, let me think back, Larry, you may have to help me out with this is identify a handful of your very best clients, the people that you really like doing business with. Uh, If you want to categorize them by different vertical markets, that's totally cool. But the the important thing is to really think about who are the people that you love doing business with. And then the second thing is start listing out um, what they have in common. What do you like about doing business with them? Why are they the ideal client? Um, From there, start thinking about, well, what are some of the the common problems that they have, challenges that they have, aspirations, uh, goals that they have, and use that to begin to uh, define some of the insights that you bring to the table. Uh, because if you can align the insights that you bring to the table with the real goals, challenges uh, that, that your ideal clients have, that's really gonna help out a lot. And I skipped a step in there, and that was connect with and mine the connections. Of your your ideal clients because birds of a feather flock together and if we can um, get connected and see who our best clients are connected with that's where we're gonna find the other ideal clients and, and, yeah. and, and you know that's just
0: layer and influence we not only connect yes. but
1: nails people today have to be influencers inside their clients networks bingo and uh, to quote a uh, to, to quote one of my favorite Larry Levine quotes you got to get valuable before you get visible right so yeah. if you can get valuable and add insight share that insight share it on your LinkedIn profile I was just uh, brushing up if you haven't looked at your LinkedIn profile for a while this is a great time to do it at the beginning of the year I was I was doing that on Monday I was going, man, some of the stuff I share on my LinkedIn profile is getting kind of old and dusty. So I went in and brushed it up, shared some new insights. Uh, and if you're not connected with me on LinkedIn, check it out. I'd love to connect with you. Uh, but but the goal is that that when we get visible, when we start networking, people see value. So get valuable before you get visible. Um, boy, what a, what a great conversation, Larry. And as we start this year, um, our hope is that uh, that you would take some of this to heart. You know, the stuff that we're talking about here, is it hard work? Yes. Is it above and beyond? No question. However, if you want to be in the top 1%, if you want you know, I think it's old Tom Hopkins that says, you know, if you want to earn things and achieve things that other people aren't earning and achieving, you need to be willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. And in today's market where buyers are looking for influencers, maybe the best thing you can do that's above and beyond is create and share insights with your ideal clients to attract them.
0: Yeah. Which means you got to go on a learning expedition. So one of the challenges in 2019 for all our listeners is start becoming avid readers, but go on that learning expedition because learning is going to help you grow. It's going to help you grow two things, your relationship funnel and your sales funnel. Because I always say
1: in order to have a great sales funnel, you need to have a healthy relationship funnel. Boy, that's so true. Well, thank you everybody for joining us this week for the selling from the heart podcast. As always, we want to challenge you to take these ideas and put them into action. I mean, literally right now hit pause. If you're driving pull over and and write down your top, Five or however many ideal clients, and start thinking through this process. What you come out with uh, really could be maybe, Larry. I'm going to throw down the gauntlet. I think uh, I think what our, our listeners need to do, and what I want to do myself, is actually write a strategic attraction plan. There's a challenge. We're going to put a blog article together on how to write a strategic action pl- uh, attraction plan because I think that this is um, this is at the heart of really driving differentiation, driving success, and attracting those, those ideal clients that are going to make your year uh, the best year ever. So thank you, everybody. Keep being genuine. Keep being authentic. Keep doing the hard work. Develop a strategic contraction plan. And most of all, sell from the heart.